Praise the Lord, Brother uh, Michael. How you praise doing? Praise the Lord. How you doing? Hey, my brother, doing good. How's my audio coming through your headset? Wonderfully. Wonderfully well. Okay, perfect. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're going to get started tonight. Uh, we are here with Pastor Michael Cummins, coming to you from London, England, thereabouts. And uh, we want to welcome you to the broadcast tonight. Okay, I'm going live on the streams. And uh, Brother Michael, welcome aboard. Tonight is, well, it's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. And um, Brother Michael, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, certainly. Tonight's program is called The Mind is the Battleground. And I pray now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our beloved Lord and Savior, that everyone listening to this program live or on a later edition, we pray, Lord, that their minds will be at peace today. We pray for the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, to keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray you are wonderful, you are mighty, you are glorious. And we pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be with us tonight throughout this recording. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother Michael, amen. welcome. And the mic is yours. You got all the time you want. Thank you very much. Well, God bless you all and thank you for tuning in. As I say, tonight's program is The Mind is the Battleground. And we're going to be looking how Satan attacks our minds and the things he does to us. I'm going to start off by saying I believe that when we sin and allow our bodies to react negatively, our minds have surrendered to satanic pressure and manipulation. It is as, is as if Satan knows the right strings to pull and the right time to pull them, thus making the mind the battleground of our lives. First scripture we're going to read tonight is Romans 12 verse 2. And it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I believe that Satan will use everything he has in his sin computer, which he has on our lives. I believe that when we sin, I believe demons go back to this big storage place that Satan has and he's got all our names there. He's got everything about us and he puts everything we do wrong in the computer that he has so he can bring it up at a later date and use it against us. And this is very serious because he's observed all our past. He knows our generations. He knows our mothers and fathers, our ancestors. He knows that if there's ancestral sin in place, which hasn't been dealt with, and he will use that against us. We know that Jesus, through his wonderful sacrifice at Calvary, has set us free from the consequences of our sin. But Satan wants to dispute that with us through our sins. Satan wants to use the mind to dispute our salvation. He wants us constantly to believe that we're not saved. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Hallelujah. And therefore, it, and it says now, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we know that's the truth. But Satan wants to dispute that. He wants to say to us, you're a sinner. I've got all your sins recorded. I know what you've done in the past. Do you think Jesus has forgiven you? I doubt that very much. You were such a bad sinner. You were destined to hell. Let's have a look what Isaiah 43 verse 18 says. Wonderful scripture, very short, but a wonderful scripture. And we should impact this into our lives. 
Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Amen. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 and let's have a look at another scripture before we move on. Hallelujah. You see, many, many people, you pray good things over them, you pray the words of life over them, but they find it so hard to receive them because they're under so much pressure from the devil. 1 Corinthians 2.16 makes it clear. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, if we have the mind of Christ, we should be able to accept the words of Christ. Your mind may be peppered with words and thoughts you have never intended to think. And this makes us very unhappy, leading us to question our relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you heard any of these things I've spoken to many people who have had? You're going mad. You're mentally ill. If you were really born again, why are you hearing swear words against God and against Jesus? Why are you hearing blasphemous thoughts against the Bible? You're useless. God doesn't need you or want you. You're a failure. You're kidding yourself if you think you are saved. Don't forgive your enemies. Don't waste your time on that sort of thing. Get even with your enemies. Sexual thoughts are filling your mind. And you're seeing sexual visions. Admit it now, you're going to hell. You only think negative thoughts against yourself. You are reminded constantly of lost opportunities. God doesn't love you. Stop wasting your time. Christianity is not for you. You were better off in the world. You may even be having terrifying dreams night after night after night and visions. You may be seeing demons and evil spirits. You're under total attack in the name of Jesus. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 2. Verses 5 and 6, it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of the world that come to naught. Hallelujah. The world looks for intelligence as someone who has a great mind, people will automatically say, Freud, Einstein, etc. These great men of science, these great men of literature, Shakespeare, Charles Dickens. The greatest minds in the world, in worldly terms, if they're not saved, will go to the same hell as the ignorant thug who's never known Jesus. Without Christ... The analytical mind is the enemy of God. The mind houses our loves, our hates, our fears, our emotions, our ability to choose between right and wrong. So if Satan can cause a disturbance in the mind, then he can cause us to question our relationship with God. And then the identity we have as a new creation, is brought into doubt. Let's look at Satan's attacks on Eve in the Garden of Eden. Let's go back to Genesis 3, right back to the start of the Bible. And let's look at Genesis 3, 1 to 7. And we can see how Satan attacked her. You see, he's very subtle. I've had people say to me, I remember a young man who was training in ministry and he said to me, I know all about Satan, I can defeat him easily. And I said to this young man, if you think like that, you're already defeated. You're not going to defeat anyone. 
Let's have, have a look how the serpent defeats Eve. Now the serpent was more subtle than any other beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall surely not die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. You see, Satan, how he works, he gives us words, he gives us words that we think about. Those words then become a vision, they then become something tangible that we can see, that we can feel. And then he can put pressure upon us. Satan, through the snake, was able to bring demonic arguments to Eve, which led her to doubt God and his commandments, which was never meant to be analysed. Let's have a look at Matthew 24, verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. Glory to his name. Hopefully by the end of today, you will know what to do to keep Satan away from your thoughts. Matthew 24, verses 35. Say, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So when we're given a word from God, that's not going to disappear. When Satan says, did God really say that to you? It's not for us to dispute it. You know, when we think of Abraham, God had given Abraham a son of promise, Isaac. Yet he said to him one day to take his son to Mount Moriah and prepare his only begotten son for sacrifice. We know he had another son, Ishmael through Hagar, his wife's servant. But Isaac was the child of promise. And yet by faith, Abraham accepted what God had said. And he prepared the sacrifice on Mount Moriah. But God then sent an angel to say, do not harm the boy. You see, God never took away what he said. He had tested Abraham, and then Abraham had passed the test. So God gave new instructions. So when Satan says to us, did God really say that to you? Did he really mean that? Then if we listen to Satan, we'll be led up the garden path. Hallelujah. Satan had persuaded Eve to see God in a different light. There was no longer a commandment of God that had been given when he said to her, of course you will not die. Satan through our minds wants us to be enemies of God by disputing his word. I'm going to give you this example and I apologize in advance if it's a bit graphic, but I've heard this many times in the deliverance field. A man is attacked by a lustful thought. He has been born again for some time now. He used to be very sexually active before his conversion. 
And now he is thinking of women he used to know sexually. And he is aroused. He turns on the internet and he looks at pornography. And the end game is he masturbates. Satan has won this battle of the mind. The man now feels dreadful. What a mess he is isn't now. Satan will now claim that victory and come again pressurizing him, saying, you haven't done anything wrong. You haven't sinned. This is natural. Why did God make you a sexual being if he didn't want you to enjoy sexual freedom? And there are thousands of other scenarios that Satan can and will use. I'm going to tell you what I do. This is what I do. And because I'm in the deliverance field, I get attacked many, many times. I remember once I went out and I did a deliverance on Saturday night. Me and my wife Janice, she went with me. And we used to have a flat near central London, near Tower Bridge. And when we come home, early hours of the morning, we went to bed and I didn't feel right. And I was woken up in the night. There was a huge demon in the room. And this demon was making sexual advances. Demons that make sexual advances may be called Incubus, Succubus, Eldora, and Mare. And this thing attacked me. And I stood up to it. And I told it. And I always tell the devil what his future is. I say, I know what my future is, Satan. I shall live forever in eternal life with Jesus Christ and God. What say you? And then I tell Satan what his future is. Philippians 2 verse 5 states, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Therefore, your attacks are thwarted and the demonic intentions are bound and rebuked. And every demonic thought you have is cancelled. I say to Satan, I send you back every evil thought, every evil intention, everything that you sent me for the bad. I return it to you. It is yours. You sent it. You have it. I send it back to you. And I send it back to Satan. And I cancel the demonic visions, the demonic thoughts, the demonic dreams for an ever and ever. Hallelujah. And say these things out aloud to Satan. Say, you take back these thoughts, Satan. They're yours. I don't want them. You have them. They're yours for all eternity. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at two more scriptures. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. We'll see what it says. The scriptures we have today are very revealing. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. This is what it says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we stand against Satan. The mind is there. I always remember once when I was working in the centre of London in the insurance industry that I had to go for a course this particular day in High Holborn. And High Holborn has one of the longest escalators on the London Underground route. And I remember going up this escalator, not thinking of anything in particular. Before I was a Christian, I used to think really about sport and stuff like that. I used to think about football, cricket, boxing. I used to think about all these things. And I was going up this escalator, and on the left side of me, there was one advert from the bottom to the top. It was a lady modeling the latest brazier. 
for women. And I looked at this and I looked away straight away. But in the corner of my eye, I could see that on every step of this escalator as it went up, there was a picture of a lady modeling this brazier. So we got into the course and I sat down and we got our notes out. And this thing kept conjuring itself up again, again and again in my mind. And I was seeing this thing all through the morning, all through lunch. And I thought, what is this? One glimpse upon this thing, and it wasn't pornography, as you say. It was just a lady that was showing off the latest brazier. But that was implanted in my mind. And I remember at the time, I wasn't a born-again believer, but I still used to pray to God, and I prayed to God to take it away. Take this away from me, Lord. I don't want to see this anymore. So you can see how the mind will pick up all sorts of things, things we see. You know, the amazing thing is that we can hear songs. I can hear songs, heard songs back in 1967, 68 and 69. And I can sing them without words because I heard these things. It was the era that I was a young teenager in. And you can hear these things. The mind is probably the biggest computer of all through the brain. It stores great data. Satan knows how to break into this. You see, what he's saying to us, I watched you and I compiled all the information of all the sins you committed. I am aware of everything that you have done wrong. And now I'm going to say, I'm going to remind you of these things. You see, all of us before we was born again, I know, me in particular, I don't know about yourselves, but when I came to the Lord, I was very ashamed of lots of the things I'd done when I was in the world. And I remember when I came to the Lord, it took me about two days solidly, and I was praying constantly, and the Holy Spirit was bringing to my remembrance things I needed to repent of. And you see, Satan will use this, See, when we come to Jesus and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we have then got the greatest friend we ever have in our lives. When we think of the wonderful song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Hallelujah. That is truly a great song. And it tells us that all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Satan will say, what can I do? I want this man back in the world. The amazing thing is when you're in the world and you're doing what Satan and the world would want you to do, you never see Satan, you never hear from him. But all the time in the background, he's using subtle tricks of temptation to lure you into sin. But when you accept Jesus, he comes at you and he will attack you. I mean, I have to say a prayer before I go to bed every night and I cover myself in the blood of Jesus. I cover the bed in the blood of Jesus. I cover my bedroom. I cover my house with the blood of Jesus to stop me getting attacked. If I get attacked, I know what to do. As I've said to you before, I'm not frightened of Satan. I stand up to him. But he will come and he will use these subtle things in the mind. And, you know, I ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me anything I haven't repented of. Anything that Satan can use against me, I repent of now. You see, Satan's strategy is this. If he attacks us with enough demonic worldly thoughts, we will believe we cannot be saved. And that's what he wants to do. Why should we be thinking of this? If you personally, some of you out there might have been involved in the occult. You may have been involved in witchcraft, in new age, in all sorts of things where Jesus Christ was not number one in your life. 
You may have taken part in rituals. If Satan can give enough doubt in your mind and remind you of these things, you will say, I cannot be born again. Hallelujah. When we think like that, we become more vulnerable to more attacks. And the ultimate aim of Satan is to pressurize us to walk away from the faith. It's a terrible situation. But when we think of it, we know what's going on. Even Jesus was tempted, we remember, on the Mount of Temptation. Jesus was tempted. You remember Jesus had fasted. He had fasted 40 days and he was hungry. Satan knew he was hungry and attacked him by reminding him of his hunger. Hallelujah. You know, if you're fasting, you can get through a fast okay. If someone comes up to you and says, how long is it since you've eaten? It may be a week. It may only be three days. But when someone brings that thought to your mind, all of a sudden you start becoming hungry. Let's have a look at Matthew 4, 1 to 11. And listen what Satan did. Hallelujah. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Why would Satan say that? Why would he say command the stones to become bread? Two things. He was asking Jesus to show who he was by doing that miracle. And also he was saying to Jesus, you're hungry really and you want to eat. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus answered, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into exceedingly high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him, all these things I will give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and administered to him. I think I've told you this before, but it's worth me telling you again. I was praying for a man just outside Glasgow in Scotland. This man was a Roman Catholic. And I don't know why he first rung me, because when I told him what I, I did and how I did it, he wasn't really interested. He, he said, are you going to ask me to stop being a Roman Catholic and be born again? And I said, my friend, if you want deliverance, you must have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you won't receive deliverance. He had already met in it. He had had three Catholic priests come to his house. He'd even had a bishop come and bless his house and bless him. But he was still having attacks. And these attacks was his bed would shake of a night. It would tremble. Some of you out there might experience this. He would have terrible dreams, terrifying visions. He would see demons. He'd wake up in the middle of the night and see demons all standing around his bed, pointing at him, abusing him. And 
the Catholic priest, God bless them, they had done whatever they did and it hadn't worked. He was still being tormented. So twice I said to him, you've got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he said, no, no, no. I'm a Catholic. I'm not going to get involved in anything like this. On the third day, he rung me up and I said, I'm going to say this prayer over you. And I, I said over him the sinner's prayer and I got him to... Uh, say it after me, every word. After he'd said it, a voice came out of him, not his own voice. And the voice said to me, Michael. And I said, who are you? And he said, I am Lucifer. You see, one of the things about Satan, he still thinks he's an anointed cherub. He still calls himself Lucifer. He doesn't like to think that he's fallen from grace. Maybe he thinks that there's still a chance for him. But we know that's a lie. If you're listening, Satan, there's no chance for you. You're a dead man walking. There's no hope for you at all. And Satan said, Michael, tell me what you want. Do you want money? Do you want fame? What do you want? I can give you all of these things if you would just stop doing what you're doing. So I realized, see, I've always been a man who's been racked with doubts, doubts about my abilities. You know, I left school at 15 with no real education. And everything I learned, I really learned through the Bible. But I was great when I was growing up in observing the world around me and seeing things and remembering things. And I said to Satan that they get away from me. Go immediately. We don't want you. And as soon as I said that, the man vomited and he was set free. So you see, Satan, when you get a bad thought or you have a bad dream, it's the start of you being pressurized. And that pressure is to make you succumb to Satan. Some people, as I said before, might ask, when I was in the world, Satan left me alone. You see, when you accept Jesus Christ, the friend you, the friend you once had in the world, and remember, Satan was your friend when you was in the world. He brought these delights before you. You never thought that those delights would cause you to lose your place in eternal life and may even cause you to have serious disease, mental illness. But that is all what Satan was giving you. He was happy at the time. You may have been earning lots of money. When I came to the Lord, I lost a job in 1991 that was £32,000 a year. And that was a great income, especially in those days. Within a year, I was earning about £80 a week. I lost all the jobs I had. I wouldn't take these high positions. These high positions meant I had to lie. I had to cheat. I had to be dishonest to maintain sales figures. I never wanted to do that any longer. So I lost the home I lived in. I had a nice house. I lost that. It had to be sold. My debts was paid, and I had to start again. But I started again with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's as I, how I started again. And Satan was always my enemy. I just never saw it. We think pleasure is good. When we look at the baker shop window and we see those wonderful cream cakes, all we can think of is the wonderful taste, the wonderful smooth cream, the chocolate over the eclair. We don't think about the problems that it's doing to our body. Maybe it's storing up heart attacks for us and things like that. You see, to understand Satan, you under, have to understand all he does. He uses temptation. He gives you the things you want. I remember someone telling me that since I've come, 
to Jesus Christ. My life is worse than it will ever be. And I said to him, sometimes, my friend, things have to get worse before they get better. But I do assure you, if you stick with Jesus and you read his word and you pray to him, things will get better. Hallelujah. Mistakes that lead to downright sin and separation from God will be our greatest enemy. Let's read what Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 32 says. Hallelujah. If so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, the truth is only in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You see, Satan will give us deceitful lusts. He will get us to tell lies. When we do wrong, we will conceive it. You know, in some marriages, when men do wrong, they conceive it from their wives. Satan wants that sort of thing. He wants you to be a liar. He wants you to be deceitful. Hallelujah. Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Do you see that? Renewed in the spirit of your mind. You don't want to think about pornography. You don't want to think about doing things wrong. You want to think about eternal life. You want to think about Jesus. You want to think about these gospel stories that you have read about in the Bible. Verse 24 says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. Righteousness in true holiness. We are new creations. If we're a new creation in Jesus Christ, we don't want to think of images of naked women, or if you're a woman, of a naked man. Jesus has dealt with all those things at the cross at Calvary. But Satan, you see, because he has this, as I call it, a sinful computer of all our past deeds, even though Jesus has paid the price so we can be free of them, Satan will bring them back again to torment us and to taunt us. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Wherefore? Putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, when I was in the world, I could lie for England. I think if there'd ever been a, a lying championship in England, I'd have won the gold medal. And I could look you in the eyes and I could tell you things. And you would feel sorry for me. You would, you really would. You would look at me. And I realized my sinful nature as soon as I came to Jesus. And I don't tell lies anymore. Another thing I used to do was swear and cuss. I used to use bad language all the time. I used to be angry. I would take off my coat in the street and square up to anyone and have a fight man to man. I used to think that that was part of being macho and part of being a real man. When I came to the Lord, I pushed all that stuff aside. I tell the truth. You see, one of the reasons we lie is because Satan teaches us about punishment. And if we tell the truth, Satan will say, don't tell the truth. Don't tell the truth. Lie. Because when you lie, you won't be punished. But I tell the truth now, even if people don't like it. When I preach on a Sunday in the church, there are always members of the congregation who say, oh, not deliverance again, not hell again, not eternal life again, because I preach the same stuff. I tell people 
that God has called us to be holy. And without holiness, no one will see God. And that is the stuff I preach about. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, Be ye angry and not and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed with anything against someone. Neither give place to the devil. You see, all these things we do in life, unless we deal with them, unless we pray them out of our lives, we're giving room to the devil. I believe, let's go to Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. The armor of God. I believe we constantly have to have the armor of God on. We have to protect our minds from Satan, for he will attack them. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. If you know anyone who is suffering greatly, then we have a duty of care to pray for them. We are all God's freedom fighters, soldiers of the Lord, and please remember we do not fight alone. Our victory is guaranteed. Our victory is guaranteed. Let's go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. Let's go to this now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting all this now. I want to give you some peace that you know what to do if your mind's being attacked. First John 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you believe he is the only way to heaven, then we say to you now, you can tell Satan to go. You can tell him to leave. Many years ago, he woke me early hours of the morning. It was a sunny day. The sun was coming through the windows and he was standing at the end of the bed like a huge brute beast pointing his finger at me, and he said, Michael, I will kill you within five years. And I jumped out of bed and stood up to him straight away, and he fled. Why? Because I'm stronger than Satan? No, not at all. But in Christ Jesus, I can fight any demon in Christ Jesus. I have overcome the world. I have overcome evil, for Jesus Christ is my Lord. Let's have a look at John 8, verses 31 to 32. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. 
Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. If you read the word of God, don't just read the things that are comfortable to read. A lot of people read the Bible, and they read things that they think are comfortable, that will not disturb them in any way. You need to read about the things that you find disturbing. Every word of the Lord is a blessing. Even talking about hell and the lake of fire is a blessing. It's a blessing to those who have received that message and they will make the changes in their lives and they will turn to Jesus and they will not go in that place. Hallelujah. Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. But exalt one and another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The spirit of unbelief is as wicked as any demon, any evil spirit, as wicked as the spirit of witchcraft. If we are full of unbelief, then we will read the Bible and we will scoff. Somebody once came to me, a West Indian man, and he told me that all the miracles Jesus did, he saw a conjurer in the Caribbean do the same things, including walking on water. And he said all the things Jesus did were tricks. And I remember looking at this man and thinking, well, what shall I say to him in return? And I said, if you believe that, then you believe it. I'm not going to try and tell you different. I said, if you are against Jesus and you think Jesus was a man, and all the tricks Jesus did was worldly tricks that he'd learnt from other conjurers, then you're sadly mistaken. And the man, he spends his time on the internet trying to undo the things Jesus did. There was a man called, uh, I think his name was Dynamo, and he was someone in England, and they showed him walking on the water, getting out in a boat in the middle of the Thames and walking on water to the shore. You see, people wish to prove that the things Jesus did were fake. That's a spirit of unbelief. And once that spirit of unbelief becomes so entrenched in your life, you're really, really in trouble. You see, I never doubt Jesus. I can doubt a conjurer. There's been many great conjurers. I remember when I used to see those two guys from Las Vegas on the television, Siegfried and Roy. They used to make tigers disappear and elephants disappear. Well, however they did it, it was great entertainment. But it wasn't supernatural. It wasn't anointed. All Jesus did was supernatural and anointed. Do you notice that when the devil attacks you and he tells you that you're useless, you're never going to amount to anything, he's telling you that your conversion was all a sham and it didn't amount to anything. What we have to do immediately is say, go away, Satan, you're wrong. And quote the Bible. That's why you need to learn the Bible. You have to say, Jesus walked on water. Tell Satan, Jesus walked on the water. He calmed the troubled sea. Hallelujah. Tell Satan the truth. 
for the truth will set you free. And there is no greater truth than the word of God. Speak it to him. I'm going to read that again from Hebrews. Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hallelujah. It says, but exalt one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You see, sin may give you pleasure and Satan wants you to have loads of pleasure. We think of the Romans in the old days. We think of the Roman Caesars, totally corrupt, corrupted with wine, corrupted with power, corrupted with sex. And even when they threw the Christians in the Colosseum with the lions, the Christians faced terrible deaths, but they sang, they worshipped God. Even at that time, people like Nero got more and more angry because they couldn't break these people. You see, if you have a heart, which is the same heart, the same mind as Jesus Christ, then you will overcome everything that the devil puts before you. And let God, God's peace through Jesus Christ our Lord encourage us through his wonderful victory. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. This is such a pleasure to do this. This is such a wonderful thing that Shannon has asked me to do by doing these programs. Hallelujah. John 16, verse 33. Listen to this scripture. It's awe-inspiring. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If Jesus has overcome the world, then you shall overcome the world. What I tell you, if you're being attacked every night, say those things I said before. Say, Satan, I've had enough of you. You send me these negative thoughts. You send me these evil thoughts. You send me these sexual visions. Take them back. They're yours. They come from you. I send them to you now. I send them by express mail. I send them with the angels. They're coming back to you now. They're yours. Receive them. Take them back in the name of Jesus Christ. One of the things I always tell people to read is Psalm 35. Psalm 35 is so powerful when you hear this psalm. If you'd like me to read it to you, I'll read it to you now. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let the way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause they have hid for me their net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like thee, which delivereth the poor from him that is too strong for him, yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him.
False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good for the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sacked off. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto mine own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers in feast, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destruction, my darling from the lions, and I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee amongst much people. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Neither let them wink with the eye and hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they open their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eye have seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord. Keep not silent. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God, my Lord. Judge me, O Lord my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so we have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let me shout for joy and be glad that favour my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually that the Lord be magnified, which have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. I tell people to read that if they're being troubled of a night, if they're having bad dreams. And remember, Satan will look at you he will try and analyze your weaknesses and he will send against you what he thinks will work. So say that, it's powerful. All the Psalms are powerful. And finally, we're going to look at emotion. Emotions are things that we have to keep in check. Finally, we should constantly check our emotions. Are we irritable, filled with self-pity? depressed, discouraged, anxious, filled with worry. Let the word lift you up. Let's go to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Hallelujah. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Other versions of the Bible say in verse 6, this is the original King James, says be careful for nothing. Other versions say be anxious for nothing. You know, when people are anxious and they're worried about things, and all of us have to worry about certain things, we notice that our health may be compromised by worry. Worry may cause us to have high blood pressure. Worry may cause us to have insomnia that we don't sleep overnight. And things go wrong in our lives. We can have heart attacks, strokes. The Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow, for today brings enough worries of his own. We should cast all our burdens onto the Lord, for he cares for us and he loves us. So we should not store these worries up in our own mind, because Satan will use them against us. He will attack us. Satan's not a mind reader. He can't read minds. Only God can do that. But he can look at the way we behave when we're under stress. 
you can see we maybe will overeat. Some people, when I used to be stressed before I came to the Lord, I would light the cigarette up. And Satan could see from me that yesterday I smoked 10 cigarettes, but today I smoked 20. I must have a worry. There must be something burning down upon me. Some people would drink more. Some people would take drugs. So what we have to do, we have to take care of our emotions. When we're under pressure, we say to Satan, you do your very worst, Satan, and God will do his best. I shall be free from you. Remember, if you wake up in the morning, you've had bad dreams, you've had lustful dreams, you've had hateful dreams about getting revenge or evil or doing evil against people you once knew, send it all back to Satan. This is not mine, Satan. This belongs to you. I send it back to you now. I send it back to you now. Have it back. It's yours. It's not mine. And let the peace of God which surpasseth all understanding. Keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, I pray. Amen. Brother Michael, what a powerful teaching tonight. Man, this was so awesome. We're live with Pastor Michael Cummins. And uh, Brother Michael, I want you to uh, give me a title. What shall we title tonight's broadcast? The Battle of the Mind. Fantastic. My friend, uh, give out your contact information. How do people reach you in your ministry, and how can they support your work? Well, if you wish to support me, uh, my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, or one word, 123-AOL.com. There is a PayPal, PayPal account at that email address. So if you wish to support me, you can donate through PayPal. Uh, most important, if you live in the London area and you can find your way to Kilburn, and there are buses that go from central London, Victoria Station, it would be lovely to see you. No matter what your problems are, no matter what you're suffering with, God will set you free. Please come and see me. Uh, on Thursday, we have Bible study between, uh, from 12 noon to 2 in the afternoon. I always stay uh, till about 5 in the afternoon after the Bible study. You can come on Thursday. Uh, if you wish to come on Friday evening, we have prayer intercession only from 6 to 7. But I'll be happy to pray for you after and of course our Sunday services are from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock but I'm in the church till at least 4 o'clock for 3 hours after there's plenty of time to pray for you if you live outside the London area even if you live in the States or Japan wherever you live Australia uh, I have Skype we can always pray for you on Skype I always remember I prayed for a lady in, in Bermuda once and she was very very demonized and the demons came out of her as we prayed over Skype uh, the name of the church is Kilburn Christian Fellowship uh, you can find it online just put on your search ending Kilburn Christian Fellowship you can put my name in Pastor Michael Cummings and it will all link up and uh, you know we'll do what we can to help you in Jesus' name. Fantastic. Folks, get this and share it with everybody you can. Uh, Brother Michael, how's your schedule looking for next week? Wonderful. Already. Already All booked in for you. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, brother, uh, go ahead. I start studying as soon as this show ends. As soon as wow. this show ends, I, I ask the Holy Spirit to give me a theme, to give me something to preach on you know and uh, he, he gives me a single word or a number of words and I start studying and uh, I put together the show well I'm going to tell I you don't, don't use the internet everything I spoke about today I wrote on full scat paper written in my own hand so everything I taught on today was written in my own hand my brother these are well researched powerful teachings every one of them and uh, friends, I want you to share it with those you can. 
support the ministry of Brother Michael Cummins. And uh, Brother, would you like to close us in prayer today? Yes, certainly I would. Dear Lord God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this sacred opportunity to share with everyone listening out there, everyone in the world, what you would like to do for people. And I say now, and I aim this at Satan, I say, Satan, you're a liar. You are defeated. You are vanquished. And Jesus is coming back in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I command you now in the name of Jesus to loose God's people immediately. Every curse, every spell, every covenant, every potion, lotion, powder, dust, chant, incantation and prayer that you have used against God's people is broken immediately. Jesus came to set the captives free. And what Jesus left in his word is working now. And I cover everyone listening to this program with the precious blood of the Lamb. For you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And where the angels from heaven, may they look after you, may they keep you. And may the Lord bless you all, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, we pray, this day and forever, in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name. Amen. I say amen to that. Great word, my friend. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for doing the broadcast today. We'll see you again next week. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. God bless you, brother. God bless That was Brother Michael. Folks, did you enjoy that program? That's one of the best we've ever done. I am here to tell you, these are great teachings on deliverance. Thank you, Sister Maria. You got a great reward on your books in heaven because without your introduction, we would not have been able to do this. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here with Brother Michael. He's on every week, 6 a.m. Eastern, Wednesday mornings, which is 11 a.m. if you're in the U.K., and if you're missing these programs live, don't worry. I'll get it up in the archive for tonight. We're going to be back, God willing, at 7 p.m. Eastern. Hope you'll join us tonight. My website is omegamanradio.com. With that, I'm going to get out of here. See you all next time.